Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the EWN Radio Network. Welcome to On the Record with your host, Ashram Lux Lucis. All right, welcome to another episode of On the Record. I am your host, Ashram Lux Lucis, and today we have in the house special guest. Jilly Moon. Please welcome Jilly. Hi, everyone. Great to have you. So, Jilly, tell us, give us your uh, 30-second elevator pitch. Who are you? (laughs) I am a singer, songwriter, sometimes actress. I'm a coach and author and run my own record company from from Sydney, Australia. I live in L.A., and I kind of have been doing it the indie way since I ever got here, so I'm kind of the queen of indie music in a way i love my my music and i love my kids who are two years old so that's what i love right now awesome so let's go back to uh speaking of kids let's go back to when you were a kid and tell us about the the little girl with a dream did you always want to be in the music industry what was your when i grow up i want to be this mommy (laughs) (laughs) yeah i actually was pretty strong about who i was when i was about eight years old i had it all panned out for myself um i think that's because i'm an aries i tend to be kind of an a-type personality I always wanted to be a performer, an entertainer. I always wanted to be on stage. Um, And at the time when I was a kid, I loved all of it, like not just singing and writing or performing songs, but acting and dancing. You know, I used to go to dance school. I used to play piano. I was playing piano from four years old. I was always putting on shows, you know, to the neighborhood, basically grabbed all the kids in the neighborhood and would put on shows, not only be in them, but, you know, kind of put them together, a little mini producer. So entertainment was was in my blood. Um, and I used to love art as well. And, and then only in my teens did I really kind of start writing songs. And it was about, when I was about 18, 19, I really realized, you know what, I'm going to focus on music because I really love writing songs. I started writing a musical when I was 21, and I knew that I could kind of do it all through music, you know. And I loved musical theater too, but if I started writing original music, then, you know, I knew that was my vehicle. So performing on stage and then writing the songs was, was kind of my passion since I was young. Now, did your parents help you out in this venture did they coax you along or were they kind of like no you should you know get plan b and be realistic and kind of what was it like growing up with that yeah so my parents were very creative themselves um they wouldn't call themselves artists per se they they were you know entrepreneurs and teachers as well um but they were very artistic they had 
a lot of creative thought. My parents actually ended up building their own house out of like wood and stone from the forest. So they and they did sculptures in stone and mum dabbled in painting. So they, they were always supportive of me uh, with my creative talents. You know, from a very young age, you know, they, they helped me, you know, have piano lessons and uh, they loved that I sang and they encouraged me to be in like drama clubs and things like that. So and they never, ever held back on my desires there. However, when I ended up deciding what to do for college, then they kind of flipped the coin a little bit. They said, you know what? It's nice that you want to be an actress and a singer and a song and dance and all that, but have something in your back pocket. And so they encouraged me to go off and do a teaching degree. Um, so I ended up getting a Bachelor of Education, um, although I picked visual arts because I love the arts. And um, and so that, that kind of helped at least give me that, you know, that trajectory to just know I can always get work. And uh, and that's actually helped a lot. I mean, having a degree in, in, in coaching, teaching, training has been actually amazing for my life. So having the two has been great. Being creative and being kind of a coach has been my life plan, actually. Yeah. So um, were you doing things during college as well? Like when did you sort of, when did your career start morphing into more of, I'm kind of making money at this. This, you know, now it's looking pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I started. I don't think I started making money from entertainment biz until my mid twenties. But um, through high school and through college, I was always in in music. I did musical theater. I produced a play uh, in college, um, and I started doing some performances live during college and after college but it wasn't until I kind of was on my own you know doing some work to make money but then started kind of really performing out in Sydney um, where I started you know building that kind of side of me financially Um, and then and then really when I came over to New York and then here to Los Angeles did I become like a full-time artist and focus only on the arts so while you were still in Australia, did you have to fall back and use that teaching degree? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I was also singing for corporate events. Um, so I was doing covers and making some good money there. In fact, the corporate special event arena was very lucrative uh, for me. But my original music wasn't really making that much money, you know, in the beginning. And I think for everyone, it's, you know, you're just sort of getting your feet wet, so to speak. And you, you balance your your money from from different avenues. So yeah, I was teaching a little bit. Um, I ended up producing, being a producer of events. So I would produce an event and then I could perform at it sometimes. Not always was it the same, you know, same project. Sometimes I'd go and sing for someone else's event, but then you know I would produce events that would pay. Uh, and just sort of having that left brain, right brain, all the time in my life, you know, has kind of supported me. This has helped me get through. Um, even with the now in the entertainment biz, you know, I, I have the ability to produce and other artists or run my label, which is a business side of me, and yet at the same time I can release my music and, and perform and be that creative side as well. Yeah, it's a nice balance to have. You know, it's very helpful for sure. What kind of events were you producing? Were they all music and entertainment related or was some of it just like a corporate kind of thing? 
Yeah, mainly corporate events and like trade shows and um, special award nights, sometimes televised. Um, I helped launch some products. It's kind of an interesting background of mine. Um, and that I used that even more recently when I, when I co-produced the Los Angeles Women's Music Festival. It was a big festival a few years ago with a couple of other women. You know, those, those, those event uh, production talents uh, really came to the fore there. Um, and, and anything that I do with marketing and promoting and producing for my record label, um, you know, I, I feel it's very important to have those kind of project management producer skills as well. What would you say some of the top skills in that area are that have been very helpful for you? Um, I think that um, any artist, which is, you know, and I, you know, first-hand experience for myself, you know, needs to have um, a certain kind of business acumen. I mean, you don't have to know everything. Like, you know, you may want to, you know, play your piano or play your guitar and, you know, hope someone else can come along and manage you and book you and sign you and do all the work for you. But the reality is, I mean, the music business is becoming more and more it's a DIY. You've got to do a lot of it yourself before you can even kind of start collaborating. So those skills, I think, these days, especially with the Internet, um, is um, marketing skills, you know, how to promote yourself and kind of have that ability. And I've always had that that in me. You know, I, I, I'm not afraid to say, hey, I'm Jilly Moon and here's my new album or here's my new song or here's my new play or here's my new book, you know, and be able to to know to do that and then also how to do that. Like internet skills is, you know, pretty pretty important, being able to use social networks and online marketing, which I was doing before there was, you know, the internet really. But like at the turn of the internet, there wasn't even Facebook or Twitter or anything like that. There was like Yahoo groups, GeoCities. Um, there was MP3.com. There was like different sites you could use. But always knowing what's next to use I think is important. And then just collaborating you know, being willing to reach out and build uh, relationships with others. You know, a lot of the shows that I've done across the country here in America, a lot of them have been me reaching out to other songwriter groups or other artists who live in different uh, cities and say, hey, do you want to do a show together? Or, you know, kind of helping each other. So I've always been about community. Yeah, community is very important, definitely. Um so let's talk about you now. You've moved over to the States. What's going on for you then? So I've been uh, running my own record company, Warrior Girl Music, and um, I've released six albums through that. Um, I've toured extensively and been on different stages. It's been pretty awesome. Um, my my own trajectory. I love that word, but I can't say it. Trajectory. Trajectory. <laughs> trajectory <laughs> as an artist is always been about like the you know doing it itself DIY kind of spirit and so I get written up in you know magazines and stuff for that um I help other artists too I run Songs Alive which is a non-profit songwriters organization it's global and we promote and support songwriters and um I've written a couple of books for artists that help them get into the music business and I've created an academy called the Creative Warrior Academy I I love to perform and write. I'm always co-writing and producing music, um, not just for myself but for others. I'm just kind of living and breathing my dream, you know. It's been been a great ride since I started my label, which is was about ten years ago. 
Okay. So is the label the first thing that you started when you came over to the States from Australia? Oh, no. No, when I first came here, I uh, I mean, and I knew like, like three years before was when I came, but um, the, the, when I first came here, I had no idea that I should start my own label. I literally had to kind of discover for myself that I had to kind of get it going for myself. I came here to first to New York and then to L.A. to shop for a record deal. I thought that's the way you do it. You know, I had my disc, or actually it was, I had a cassette and CD as well, and I was pushing and plugging and trying to get on other people's shows and get noticed and do deals. And I actually got signed, and then that kind of didn't work out. Uh, and and I, I was left going, what am I doing? You know, do I just go back to Australia and start all over again, or do I try and try a different tact? And that's where I built Warrior Gone Music, and started doing things independently before artists were even doing it independently. Like it just was an unheard of. And I, Annie DeFranco was a big admirer um, for me. I loved. You know, she was like a mentor, and I just thought, you know, she was out there distributing on her own and making things happen. And I thought I need to kind of follow in those kind of footsteps. And that's worked for the best for me um, so far. So far, so good. Did you reach out to? Ani DeFranco at all to have her possibly mentor you or, you know, create a community with her? You know, I, I didn't. I was uh, working a little bit with her team uh, when I set up Warrior Girl Music in so far as marketing. So we had a similar marketing distribution. Um, but no, no, just to kind of admire her there. I think um, uh, I, I definitely um, started mixing in, in, in really cool circles, but sort of developed my own circles of songwriters and artists that I would be working with. Um, and, yeah, and then ending up on festivals, you know, with, like, people like Ricky Lee Jones and Erica Badu, and I opened for Simple Minds, and I went on tour with Eric Idle, who's known as a comedian from Monty Python, but he's also a great musician. Uh, so, you know, having those kind of opportunities has been really, really great for me. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Jilly Moon. Come check out my website at jillymoon.com. That's G-I-L-L-I moon.com. See you there. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. And we're back on the record. Did you have any mentors during this time, like actually people you were working with who were mentoring you? 
Absolutely. Um, I, to this day, have a marketing uh, mentor, a good friend um, who has been in the business for a long time behind the scenes. He was part of A&M Records and was, you know, part of different labels and, 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 and companies. And so he and, and others have been, like, in my team. Like, I've always had people that I work with that guide me and you know I've had a couple of managers as well right now I'm self-managed but I always believe in having a team and that you know you're not really doing it yourself DIY you're doing it together DIT which is my kind of little word um <laughs> so yeah and now uh, I'm married um to Jay Walker he's a spoken word artist and he's also been an amazing mentor for me as I have for him um in encouraging and working together on 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 the future vision, so yeah, I'm always I've always got people around me, but very selective that I that I work with. You mentioned the word vision. When you were first starting out, did you ever create a vision for your life, and what was that? I I think I had a notion of it, and again, I think you know when you're young, it's kind of like that naive notion. That's why, hence, when I came to LA, oh, I wanted to get a record deal. I didn't know what it meant, you know, to be in the music business. And obviously, the music business has changed in the last ten years, incredibly, um, for better or for worse. So you know, you grow up with this vision of, oh, I want to be on stage, and oh, I want to do that. And then when you realize what you what cards you've been dealt and the reality of your, you know, of your environment. You go, hey, you either can kind of stick with that childhood vision and that's not very realistic or you can alter it and come up with something new. So I think I think the vision has always stayed, that dream, but I'm, I'm reworking it as an adult, so to speak, in where I, I can really go now, where I really want to go now, because now I'm like a mother and a wife, and you know I have different different ideas of myself now as well, and I want to complement that as well. Yeah. So do you have something that's actually written down, or do you do vision boarding at all? I do both, and I actually it's a good point. I have, do both. I actually coach that to artists because I, I help artists in their careers as well. I always think about, um, I do kind of uh, mind mapping. So I have a visual board where I do circles, big circles, large circles, and I, I write what, uh, you know, what I'm looking at, what are the priorities, where's the dreams. I, uh, I also then write it down in a 10-year plan, and I try and revisit it every year, but uh, it depends on the timing. But what I do is I look, look ahead in about 10 years' time, where am I? Where am I? Where do I want to be in ten years? And I visualize, like I imagine, literally close my eyes and imagine where I am. What am I doing? What am I feeling? Who am I surrounded by? What's just happened? What am I about to do? And I just write it down and take some time to do that. And then I work backwards to five years and two years and one year, and that actually gives me a plan to work towards. Mm-hmm. And do you create benchmarks from that? Well, I like to check in every month with my goals, um, and I do that with my artists as well. In fact, when I coach artists, we have a monthly session so that we check in with those ultimate goals. So that's like a long-term plan and then like short-term goals that I may have for one or two years. I, I check in every month to see what have I accomplished towards those short-term goals and, you know, what do I need to improve on or change. So, yeah, I'm actually pretty – I love Indeed. that you're bringing this up because, you know, not everyone asks these questions. It's like, yeah. you know, maybe just plod along and just write a song and see how life goes. And you can be that way too, but 
I really believe that once you think about it and visualize it, that's what's really going to make it happen. And getting clear with who you are and what you want is the most crucial part. That 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 gets you 50 percent there. If you can get clear with who you are, and that's not who you were like 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, but who you are today and what you want, what you really want out of this, then that's the blueprint right there. How you write it down or put it out is up to you, but that's that's where it is right there for me. Definitely. Because it's, it's, you're instructing the universe. And if you don't tell the universe who you are and what you're doing, it's like, okay, we're, we're, we're ready and we're willing and we're able, but we don't know what to do. Can you please tell us, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so I, I've been on a vision kick lately. Everybody I meet, I'm like, right, you get, you have to do your vision, plan your vision. <laughs> I'm telling you, the minute you create your vision and you get clear on it, you just sit back and wow, you know. Yeah, so. well, that's part of the law of the a law of attraction, right? Mm-hmm. So if you can right. put it exactly. out there, you set your your desires, then you know the the universe, however you want to call it, meets you halfway. It says, oh, I'm listening now. I can see it. It's clear to me. And, you know, when we don't get clear on that, what do we get? We get confusion. We get fogginess. We get, oh, I'm going somewhere meandering along. Nothing seems to be happening in my life because we haven't gotten clear with, you know, with that direction. And we haven't been able to visualize, you know, we don't have to know how to get there exactly. We don't have to know every step. Um, I wrote a book called Just Get Out There, which talks about this. It's like you don't need need to know every step of how to get there because, you know, that's life is about figuring it out but at least just get out there just take that first step towards that kind of higher vision that you have in your mind um and then you know things start falling into place and showing themselves manifesting them themselves to you yeah yeah you get those those little inspirational moments or those doors that open or whatever it may be and you're just like oh okay you know it, it you, it's really incredible like i've just really been inside of this kind of thing for the past maybe 6 months or so and i'm all about it now i'm like <laughs> <laughs> i've got a vision for every aspect of my life you know oh, great i kind of have to like slow myself down i'm like all right it's all happening too fast i need i need people now yeah um, well that's a good point cuz like there's also you may have all these different things you want, which is great. You're allowed to. And I believe in dreaming as big as possible. I mean, thanks to my parents and the people around me, I've always been able to think big and dream big. Um, but that doesn't mean you can have everything at the same time. You know, there's a certain yeah. kind of timing to to it, an order to things and and so it's like the hardest part is setting the priority. Okay, what am I going to focus on right now that's going to you know, bring me what I need? You know, and then you know, roll out some other things at a certain other time. So my whole like year is kind of semi-scheduled. I don't like to get too strict about it. But like any artist, you know, you want to write, then you record, and then you market, go out and tour, promote. You know, that that kind of cycle should be in everything that you do anyway with different projects there's a certain cycle where there's downtime certain cycles when you're out in the world you know so it's not all going to be bang 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 all the time and it should yeah. be otherwise you just burn yourself out yeah exactly yeah let's talk a little bit about that because now you do have family and you're married and 
you're running several businesses. What are you doing to maintain balance in your life? It's been a challenge. I think that I I I could say that I was a per, I was in perfect balance before I had kids. Like I I just knew everything was going on. I had it all worked out, and then bam, sideswipe with delivering twins. <laughs> 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 and says, so okay. The universe is giving me a run for my money now. I mean, let's see how Jilly Moon can cope with this. So they've been the best thing that's ever happened to me. I've got a boy and a girl, Jackson and Natalie. And, um, you know, for the first, they're, they're two and a half now. So the first two years was pretty much like them and then a little bit of me. <laughs> and I think any parent will, will agree that, that, you know, there's the timing and order to that as well. So you kind of have to relinquish control for a while and that's really hard for me because I like to be in control <laughs> and uh, you know have their first and their growth is first and then you know figuring out what I who I am and all of that can take time so now I'm getting back onto that I'm about to um, you know they're, they're turning two and a half they're off to preschool a little bit you know mix of home and preschool and um, my husband, Jay, is just completely supportive. Like, we co-parent 50-50, so it's really great. Um, and so now I can start focusing on my new album, my seventh album that's going to be coming out early next year, and, and I've got a new book coming out. So I'm starting to, you know, re revitalize and re-enact. Re In fact, my album is going to be called Refresh, so there's a whole kind of, philosophy and and uh, creativity about that um so it's just, it is a balance it's a balance for sure yeah uh, do you do any kind of meditation practice i wish i was good at that my husband is amazing at it i think i have my own style of that which is re really in running so i love to run i used to be a cross-country you know long kind of hall runner when i was at school and so, you know, in my plodding along, I just kind of get in the zone and start focusing. And that's when I start really, you know, breathing and then, and really getting into the balance and alignment. I can do more of it. I, I need to do more of it. Um, um, I write a lot. I'm a big, big writer. Uh, so I write all my philosophies. I tend to – I have a blog on my uh, – through my Creative Warrior Academy – uh, where my artists get like a little taste of you know my zenness first, and then I'll give them some tip or something about artistry. But I'm very much about writing, like how we're talking today, like all of this sort of balance, zen, visual, you know, om kind of mentality. Yeah. And did you have a mentor who kind of led you in the direction of? creating the vision and, and, and all that kind of stuff? Like, how did you come to that practice? Uh, I came back. It was very personal. I came to it on my own. Um, I um, I had a little health scare about, uh, let's see, it was 15 years ago, 10, 12 years ago, uh, maybe 10, 12 to 10 years ago. And uh, it caught, I had to go to hospitals. Everything was fine after. But, but in that moment of time, I... I started reading Conversations with God with Neil Donald Walsh that someone Great gave book. me at a party. These kind of things just come to you when you're at a party or in passing. <laughs> and uh, and for those who are listening, this book really is nothing to do with religion. And actually not much to do with God either. It's really about yourself. And so 
that kind of took me on a new path. So I then, you know, I started reading Wayne Dyer and, you know, just lots of sort of self uh, actual actualization, empowerment kind of books. Um, and I end up writing a book in that vein called I Am a Professional Artist, and I had kind of a very much kind of self-empowerment take to it. And ever since, I've just been on that path. Um, I, you know, I called Warrior Gone Music that name because of warriorship and being uh, dedicated as a warrior in life, uh, which is a very much a samurai old Japanese concept of being very disciplined in your craft and in your life and discarding away the old and what doesn't serve you anymore, getting kind of very spiritually aligned. Um, and again, I'm, I don't want to kind of speak spiritual. That's not what I, what I mean. It's just more creative focus and alignment that I try and live in my life. I follow the Toltec agreements and I've just read a lot and, and it just expands more and more as I, as I get older. Yeah. Yeah, personal development is very yep. important. Yep. Yeah. So when, how long into your career did you finally get your quote-unquote big break? And what was that for you? <laughs> Let's see. Um, I've had a, I mean, I like to define big breaks on my own terms. First, success to me is about defining it on your own terms. Like, what a listener may think is a big break or success may not be what I, you know, what I did or got, and but I think it is. So, um, so that's the caveat to what I'm going, how I'm going to respond here. My, uh, my, I've had a couple of big breaks. So my first big break was the ability to work here. I mean, I came here to look and see, and then I actually, when I got my green card, I mean, if anyone has come from another country, you all know how difficult that can be. And so being able to realize my dream in this country was a huge step. Then I, um, I'd say my first label deal was felt like a big break, although it ended up being not so much a big break, uh, but it was exciting to be signed, you know, because that's what I wanted at the time. Um, Starting and releasing my album, A Temperamental Angel, through my label was a huge break. It got a lot of press. Um, a couple of years later, it eventually got me onto Newsweek magazine where they did a, an, an interview with me, a feature story. Um, so that was great. Another big break was working with Eric Idle um, and touring and really kind of built out my fan base a lot, as well as Simple Minds. Um you know, I think that they're kind of milestones that people will go, oh, yeah, that's great. But, you know, I've even been on MTV, on television. I mean, they're milestones along the way. I think I'm still, uh, you know, it's a it's a lifelong journey of becoming for me. So my big break, I, I still think, is also still coming in a way, even though a lot of people look at me and go, wow, she's done so many things. Does that hmm. make sense? Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's that's actually actually a really probably healthy way to go about it because let's say you know getting your deal was in your mind the end all be all, and then it's not, and and you know you're young and it's like oh my god, what am I going to do now? I've got my whole life ahead of me and I've already reached my plateau and it wasn't what I thought it was. Yep. 
you know. Yeah, so that, that's, that's really right. a healthy way to look at it. Because then you're also leaving yourself open to um, just so many possibilities. You know, you're not narrowly focused um, on something, expecting it to do something for you, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I don't think anyone and I can't, you know, expect someone else to come along and make things happen for me. And I think that's such a real kind of, childhood innocent notion of life i mean life is really about making things happen for yourself yeah you've got people around you and you're working with others and you're helping others too but it's really about self-actualization and when things didn't kind of turn exactly the way i thought in that moment with a a deal or whatever that was that i thought that that was and i ended up looking at the cards that i was dealt and go okay what am I going to do with them? What, how am I going to approach it? And it's not just the deal. It was the turn of the millennium where the Internet was spiking and then crashed. Okay, So I was like on the Internet and doing stuff, and then there was this huge crash. It was a financial crash as well. And I realized that even the, the tower records went out of business and record labels were going out of business, and I was thinking the music business is no longer what I thought it was. It is this revolution and time for renaissance for artists to make their own breaks in fact that was the title of the newsweek uh feature that they did on me it was called uh, artists making her own breaks um and so you know the direction that i took was not because i just wanted to do it on my own no i looked at the the, the circumstances and went you know i'm not going to wait around for someone else to make this happen for me i'm just going to start living my life and running my career and doing the best I can do. And I've, you know, done great. And I come out, I'm still here. Like, I've seen artists come and go, go back to their small towns. I've I've seen artists who have, won, you know, made heaps of money, whether it's a deal or whatever, and lost it or don't know about the business and so they're, they don't know what to do with their lives. Or they're living off the past, you know, their past glories. I just continue to make more and more opportunities for myself. It's all new. I'm expanding all the time. And it doesn't mean that I'm the big hit mainstream artist. No, in fact, barely anyone knows me in, the, in, in, in America. I'm, I'm in the underground. And I don't mind that because there's a lot of Americans to enjoy my music. So I have my fans and I'm happy to have more. But... I just, you know, slowly expand and expand and expand. More and more people get to know me. And now, you know, with the seventh album, it's like more and more will come in. And I just create my global nation of Jilly Moon followers. <laughs> what are some of the things that you do to uh, grow your Jilly Moon followers? <laughs> um, I think website is number one. So JillyMoon.com, bringing them to the website. You know, no longer do we have... CDs in the store, so to speak, that are going to walk the talk. And, you know, we're not all, all going to get a Rolling Stone magazine or People magazine. So trying to get them to come to your site and build out that creative portal is great. Um, I obviously use social networks and, and build fans and followers and, and, you know, all of them, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, blah, 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 mailing list. You know, I keep I pepper my, my friends and fans through my Jilly Moon e-news every month. I give them a newsletter. It's funny because I've got like 25,000 on my mailing list and I don't know who's reading them or not. I mean, I can look at the analytics. But the, the funny thing is I always get this email now and then random from someone going, I've been on your list for seven years and I 
read them every month. And I go, oh, yep, see, it's still going to them. <laughs> and uh, every time I perform, you know, mailing list and building my mailing list and meeting with people, now that I'm coaching artists and producing artists and putting on artist events, you know, obviously I'm building that brand about me too, the 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 artist and the, and the coach, the motivational speaker, the 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 artist who can help enlighten anyone's lives through my performances and talks and things like that. So my brand is expanding, which is really exciting. Um, and you know that's the spiral effect. You have more and more people get to know you. They may not know me for my song. They may know me for my talk. They may know me for as president of Songs Alive. They may know me as an author of something, you know, and that's okay. Now, do you have staff at all or virtual assistants and, you know, do interns? Are you doing install yourself or do you have, you know, are you farming some stuff out to people? Yep, I have people who work for me. Um, I have um, two part-time assistants. Um, I pick up publicists when I need them. Um, I have... um, uh, different contractors at certain points, but yeah, I have two assistants that work for me every week. Okay. Now, are they virtual or are they in house? There uh, used to be one used to be in house, but now it's virtual. Oh, I mean, they're not virtual, okay. meaning I don't know them. I know them. I know who they are. We just happen to live in different cities. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, are they any of them overseas? No, no, they're in America. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I know oh, like I've heard. There's a few ways to do it with like people who live in Indonesia or whatever like that. But um, no, yeah, I, I yeah, work like, with the yeah 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 through like elance.com. Like that's where I found my graphics guy. Um, oh right. And they, you know you can find and he's over in like Ukraine or something like yeah, that. You yeah. Know? And it's cute to like you know try to talk with somebody who we kind of have this little language barrier. You know. Right. A couple times I've been like, "What are you wanting?" <laughs> Yeah, no, I haven't used those services. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Let's talk about you as a producer a little bit. Do you produce your own albums, or do you bring another an outside producer on board with you? Ever since I started my record company, I've always produced my albums. Um, One of the reasons why I started my record company is I had been farming out my songs to other producers, thinking that they knew how to produce me. And I never was happy with my songs, with the results of them. And I was young, too, so partly it's my fault. I didn't know how to communicate very well back then what I wanted. But, you know, it's also the fact that I let the control go to someone else, again, thinking they could do something for me or make it happen for me was that concept, and I I had to get away from that. So I started producing myself, and uh, not all the time, but many times I do co-produce because I like that mirror. So I have a fantastic co-producer right now, Matt Thorne, um, and he's done the last few albums with me, and uh, he's in Burbank. So we, you know, he he can literally speak my mind. Like I did not need to tell him something. He just knows what I'm thinking, which is a great long-term relationship. I mean, obviously, we've been like producer buddies for a long time. So uh, I love that, and I, I feel. And he does all the knob, you know, twists all the knobs on the board. I don't like doing that start side of it because I don't <laughs> want to get bogged down in technical detail. Um, yeah. I like to be the conductor. I like to 
you know, <laughs> be the visual, the, the the visionary, and say, yeah, I hear this and I hear that, and I play a lot of the instruments. So uh, between he and I, we do a lot, and I have a band as well that I bring in um, on a lot of the songs as well. So it's it's a definitely a team effort when it comes to music. Yeah. Now, do you have is the studio at your place or is that at his place? Or do you just uh, use he's got a studio, studio in Burbank, um, okay. and then I I do a lot of the prep work at home, uh, where I live. I live in Sherman Oaks, so we'll do I'll do all the work on my Pro Tools just to get it ready and get the ideas down and set it up, and then we I bring it in there and we finish it. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a good team good teamwork there. Do you do any co-writing with him as well? Um, I haven't really. We, we started a little bit, but no, it's mainly my songs. I I I I am the writer. Um, I co-write now and then for my for my albums. I do a lot of co-writing, but I don't necessarily bring them onto my personal albums. I may use those songs for like TV shows or pitch. You know, let them put it on their albums, or you know, we pitch elsewhere. But my albums tend to be about my writing, my my autobiography in a way, so it's definitely personal for me. What you you play a lot of the instruments. What instruments do you play? Um, I play piano, a little bit of guitar, obviously I'm the singer. Uh piano moves into all the organs and the keyboard sounds mm-hmm. and I love coming up with all those sounds. I have been prone to play electric bass but I don't play like bass very well. I just li- I like mm-hmm. to uh, write the parts for bass. Um, you know, percussion. Um, I do not. I do not play like violin, and I do not play saxophone or any horns like that. Um, my my instrument, my best instrument is vocals. That's my my best instrument, and then piano is my next. Wanted to talk about you do your co-writing and pitching to TV shows and stuff. Have you had yeah. any songs on TV? Yep, I've had um, songs from some Disney movies and TV shows and Nickelodeon. I have, I have this kind of whole songwriting part of me that does kind of pop fluff, kids, teen, tween, tween pop kind of songs. Who I don't put on my albums. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've had some like dark and adult contemporary kind of groovy songs in sort of indie films. Um, I um, I've had a couple of songs. Uh, uh, cut by other artists, um, a couple in Europe and things like that, and um, and a couple of artists here in America. So yeah, my discography is, is pretty good. I mean, I don't, I'm not proactive these days in in pitching, although I'd like to do more of that. I used to do a lot of that in the early 2000s. I was actively you know, placing songs. I know about the business very well. I actually run a, a project called um, Sync It where I help songwriters get licensed for film, TV, music and ads. And I um, I do a lot of workshops for songwriters through Songs Alive on, on how to get your songs cut. Um, but I'm, uh, I primarily you know, produce albums and, and music of my own to release. But I like I like the balance and that's kind of my next vision is to get more into into um licensing my material because 'cause I've got like over a hundred songs that are pr- produced, ready to go. I mean more that I've written but just like ready to go, um uh, music that's, you know, ready license licensable. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. 
One of my mottos for business owners is, you can't do it alone. Whether you're in the startup stage of your business or you're scaling, you can't grow without relationships to provide support, wisdom, and new customers. eWomen Network is your home to connect with other women entrepreneurs who have been where you are or are experiencing the same challenges. We have chapters across the U.S. and Canada that have monthly events featuring our trademarked process called Accelerated Networking to ensure you get the contacts, resources, and leads you need to grow your business. And once you become a member, you get many benefits, including two one-on-one coaching sessions, unlimited access to our membership database, your own personal profile page, and discounts on products and services with our business partners, such as UPS and American Express Open. Join the eWomen Network community and let us help you live your dream. For details, visit eWomenNetwork.com. And we're back on the record. It's a lifelong journey. Don't think that you have to know it all since you start or even that you do it and it's done. No, this is like artistry is lifelong. You've got all your life. You've got all the time in your world to figure it out. And this is where artists get really caught on time. I'm a big, you know, coach on like how to work with time. You know, we think, oh, I've got to get this done by in three months, and I've got to put it out, and I've got to do this, and I've got to do that, and otherwise I'm a failure. Well, actually, no. You know, time—we're in one time continuum. We actually have our life to do this. So, take your time. Take that path of somewhat, somewhat least resistance when you can. And, st- you know, enjoy the journey along the way. I have stickers that I give out at my gigs. Enjoy the journey, jillymoon.com. Because that's what it is. It's like just enjoy that journey and then things will start happening to you when you least expect it. Now, it may not be that that course that you think is straight to the top, like that one line. Like if you, if you can imagine like you're at the bottom of this line and then you go vertical way up and that's where you're going to go. It doesn't work that way. It's like a zigzag. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. kind of zigzag to the left, you zigzag to the right, you zigzag to the left, 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 and then eventually you're up there, but it's a different kind of up. It's a different level. It's a different place that you may not have expected than you originally set out to do, and that's okay because that's what life is. You know, that's also a big, big thing that I work with on artists is, is age. You know, you could be 20, you could be 25, 30, 35, 40, and you can still think you're too old. And it's amazing how many 25-year-olds tell, tell me, I feel like I'm too old or time is running out. And it's like, get rid of that notion of age. I don't believe, I don't, I don't believe in age. Age does not matter, especially in the music business that it is today. Because we're, it's like it's demystified. There are, you know, look at Madonna. It's amazing what she's done. I mean, and yes, she was around since she was young, but that doesn't mean anything. The fact of the matter is, is you can be any age and put out music, but you have to know your market. Like, if you want to be the um, the Justin Bieber's and you want to get those teeny boppers, then yeah, hey, it looks it's good to be young and you know you're doing that, but I don't want to be doing that music. You know, right. getting clear with who yeah. you really are puts aside that need for age or being defined by your age. You know, I want to do mature pop. I want listeners of my age and younger and older, in fact, all ages, to enjoy my music. I want my music to transcend age, gender, race, time, all of it. You know, I think you know. The media, though, kind of drills in people and, and and gets us programmed to believe that 
age is important. You know, like all the ads on TV about, oh, my God, you got a wrinkle, use this cream or, you know, um, Botox can fix that and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And just the, the images that are portrayed on TV, um, these kind of uh, freaks of nature, gorgeous people, <laughs> you know, that yeah. aren't everyday people, you That's know. True. And then you're kind of sold on, well, this is what you're supposed to look like and this is what you're supposed to weigh. And, yeah, you know, I mean, unfortunately, kind of... you know, it's, it happens everywhere. I mean, was it Melissa McCarthy? Yeah. The, she's a, a normal, normal-weighted person, and she's got a clothing line that she wants to put. She's an actress, right? She wants to put a clothing line in um, all the department stores. On the same level as where, you know, you walk in, not that level up in the back near the tire shop, she says. <laughs> It's like, and, and and good for her because that's what it's supposed to be. So we do have to, you know, defy the media trend. I mean, Jay Walker, my, my husband, he's a spoken word artist, sometimes rapper, although he doesn't like to claim that. And, you know, he's up against like 50 Cent and Eminem. has got all this portrayal of like kind of angry rap. And it's like, it doesn't mean that that's what you, you should or need to be. In fact, a lot of those, all of that is just... Marketing. I mean, you know, 50 Cent just even claimed recently that he faked all of that gangster stuff, you know, that it doesn't, you know, he's not all that. And, and you know, artists who, you know, Marley Cyrus pushing the buttons like Madonna did years ago and Lady Gaga. It's all art. It's all entertainment. It doesn't mean that an artist has to be that overt and skinny and all of that. It doesn't You've got to just find who you are. And you run with it and make that your brand. Make that your mode of operandi, make that your strength, you know, and not give in to the popular, what you think is popular, because it's not really popular. The popular people are normal people who just live and want to be inspired by us. So that's our job. Our job as artists is to inspire, whether you're telling them a love song that says you can feel good or whether you're telling them a breakup song, like this is how you can get over it, whether you're telling them about a... Uh, I can, I've, you know, climbed many hurdles and I've achieved and conquered in my life. People feel empowered by that. There's so many stories that we can help to uplift humanity. And, you know, I'm on that bandwagon. So I don't care what you think of my age or how short I am. I'm only 5'2". And, and what I look and what I don't look and who I am. And I don't care about that. You're going to get me for who I am. And there's a song that I wrote called Naked, which is just about that. It's not about... Sex, which you, or you could like, you could use it for that, but it's really about getting real with yourself.
Yeah, it has that provocative uh, double entendre title. <laughs> yeah, it does. I'm a little bit like that. I like to. That's the way I push the envelope. I like to cross the boundaries with um, titles and songs that feel sensual and sexual, but they're not. It's really about truth and who you are. Um, I have another one called Touch Me. It's actually from the same album, Temperamental Angel. It's like, touch me any way you want to, I won't be offended. And that song is not about sex. It is about, I'm here in the music business and I'll get up on stage and I'll perform the way you want me to so that you feel like I am that, you know, artist that you want me to be. Yeah, so there's always double entendres. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, Out of all this, what do you think is the hardest lesson that you've had to learn? Um, The hardest lesson is that I don't, I can't have it all, all the time. Um, that I have to break it up in timing and obviously with having kids have been the biggest lesson for me to learn that life is not all about me, actually. It is about your offspring or your family or others, you know. And I think that's been a hard lesson for me because I've always been about, yeah, yeah, Julie Moon, go off and do it. That's been big for me. The other the other lesson for me is, I think it's more about what we were talking about today, about that childhood dream is that if I if I let that be my only dream, that naive childhood dream, then that'll be my albatross. I'm not going to grow, and I certainly will feel like a failure if I if I try and live up to that dream. What I need to constantly remind myself is to create a new dream for who I am today and where I want to go for the future. Yeah. What do you do in the face of obstacles? What do you do to get around those? Um, I I think it's important to step back and retreat for a moment and take a different perspective of it. When I feel like I'm pushing, pushing, pushing and knocking on the door or trying too hard, that's all you're going to get, just that knock, that just knock back, you know. Just, but if you step back a bit, then that door will kind of start to open. So, hey... Now's the time to walk through it. So learning to retreat, step back, um, and take take a breath and look at it as new ways, the way I approach it these days. Because I'm a lot, you know, more mature now. I'm not that 20-year-old anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you ever find yourself having a little bit of resistance to it, though? Like, no, it's got to happen right now. This has got to work right now. This obstacle is whatever it is. Do you kind of sort of throw a fit first? <laughs> yeah, I've known to have my tantrums. I think I have more tantrums than my kids. Um, but again, I, that's where that's telling me, "Hey, Julie, you just got to step back now. Stop pushing too hard." And that's the lesson, the constant lesson to learn, and finding that path of least resistance rather than the roller coaster ride. Um, I used to have be on a big roller coaster in my twenties. I was like, ah, oh, ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs. You know, but now I kind of coast a little more. I'm getting yeah. better at it. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the artist way. I think it's like it has to be a roller coaster, or I'm not doing it right. You know, and like, no, 
it doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> yeah. So as we near the end, do you have any final words of wisdom you would like to share with our listeners? Um, yeah, I I feel, you know, just march to the beat of your own drum. Um, just dream big and, and, and go after what you really want in life and don't let anyone else tell you that you can't do it. Um, make sure that dream is current and real and really matching who you are right now. And um, be brave. Be a warrior. Well, folks, that wraps up another episode of On the Record. Tune in next week. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.